Chair from Bond Supermart. Welcome to another episode of our podcast series, Yield Hunters, where we share with you about new bond issues and hold discussions on the fixed income market. For today's podcast, we have two guests, Tan Churan, fixed income analyst from the Bond Supermart team, and Sean Tiao, senior unit trust analyst from IFAS Singapore. We're going to do it a little differently today. Um, we're having a mini two-part debate on bonds versus bond funds. So we have Churan representing bonds, and Sean representing bond funds. So um, in our first part today, we're running through some basics, you know, if we weigh factors like the ease of diversification and accessibility, which should you as an investor go for? Um, You know, in what way does one trump the other? What do you need to know when picking your fixed income instrument? And um, in our second part, we're going to explore more complex factors when it comes to bonds versus bond funds. So stay tuned for that. Hi everyone, I'm Truran, and I'm definitely going to try my best to win this debate. Hi Sarah and everyone listening on this podcast, uh, same here for myself, a pleasure to be here today. So thanks for taking the time to be here with us today guys. Let's start off by addressing one of the most commonly asked questions first. Bonds are, you know, typically relatively boring products as compared to your equities, so why do people buy them or care about them? Okay, so traditionally, bonds have been the defensive portion of investors' portfolio. So bonds tend to go up when equities go down. And research has also shown that diversifying your portfolio brings more benefits to your portfolio as compared to investing solely in one asset class. And so it has become common for investors to use bonds as a defensive asset class. And if you look at bonds, they have performed extremely well since the high inflation era in the 1970s. But I think we are in the extraordinary times now. Yeah, so I think uh, children brought up a very good point as to why people buy them. And essentially, uh, to summarize it, is basically portfolio allocation, right? You know, when you construct a portfolio, you need a mix of equities and bonds. So that's the main reason, I, I believe, why people buy them. And I think also in this current low-yielding environment, I believe the interest income traditionally offered by your banks, government bonds, and also your endowment plans are so low that they're actually forcing investors out in search for higher-yielding assets. I personally don't think there's been a point in time in financial market history where interest rates have been so low for such prolonged periods of time. As to why people care about them is because they want their capital to yield something, right? So increasingly, I believe that uh, investors are parking more of their monies in corporate bonds or perhaps high-yield credits as opposed to fixed deposits or, uh, like I said, endowments that offer negligible return on capital. So interest rates have changed, but investors' yield expectations have not. They still want that 4 to 5% as they have uh, received from government bonds or fixed deposits, uh, let's say, 10 to 15 years ago. So I guess right now, uh, the safest asset class that can provide this sort of income today are actually your uh, corporate bonds or high yield bond funds. Yeah, but actually, we can also invest in bonds themselves, not just bond funds. So like what Sean said, I think 4 to 5% yield is actually considered high yield now. Whereas in the past, investment-grade bonds still can, still can give you 4 to 5%. So I think now investors really have to lower their expectations now or they have to be more daring when they want to invest. So for example, they have to invest in more high-yield bonds rather than just keeping themselves to investment-grade bonds. All right, Sean, before we really get started, could you just quickly take us through what a bond fund is? Sure. So if you understand what funds are, which is essentially a pool of monies invested in a particular asset class, 
Then the idea of what a bond fund is should be fairly intuitive, I would say. A fund represents a pool of money that you put together with other investors. So with this pool of money, what bond funds do is to invest in a portfolio of bond securities. The concept is quite simple, but I guess the devil is always in the details, right? There are many types of bond funds out there because the depth of the universe is very deep. You know, you have examples like government bonds, investment-grade credits, high-yield credits, as well as short-duration parking facilities. More sophisticated strategies would include funds that try to exploit, for example, um, opportunities in the yield curve, duration, as well as currencies. All in all, bond funds serve a slightly different purpose within investors' portfolio, but their similarities lie in their lower risk profile relative to equities and that they help to lower investors' overall portfolio risk. Great, I thought that was a really concise explanation. So let's dive into the debate now. You know, which works best? Let's start from the aspect of diversification. Okay, I think there's no question that bond funds provide the best bang for buck when it comes to diversification, right? These days, investors can access to hundreds of securities with as little as $1,000. Almost anyone can invest in bond funds. And I think the perspective of generating long-term returns Bond funds will work really, really well for those who want higher yields relative to your fixed deposit or savings account without so much of the risks involved uh, with equities. Actually, how many unique bonds would you say there are in a bond fund, in a single bond fund? I would say hundreds. At the end of the day, I think it really depends on the depth and the size of the particular fixed income segment. And also, I believe you should also take into account the bond fund strategy and also its investment mandate. Most bond funds, in my experience, are at least for the global bonds, would have anywhere from about two to 300 securities within the portfolio, and in some cases, more. So also, bond funds, I think, with more targeted exposure like Asian high yield, they may have um, uh, like a more, slightly more concentrated uh, number with about 100 to 200. And so I would say the larger the fixed income segment's universe, the more likely that the number of unique bonds a bond fund may hold is actually higher. Okay, so Churin, what about normal bond investors then? Um, would they usually hold that many bonds within their bond portfolio? So I think if you look at normal bond investors, then they definitely cannot hold about 100 plus bonds. Because if you look at one corporate bond, then you need to invest like maybe 250k in them. So 100 corporate bonds is going to be like $25 million. So it's not, it's not common to have a lot of people having... $25 million in the investment account. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, do you have? Die <laughs> <laughs> later. Okay, for bond investors, monetary constraints make it difficult to diversify. So if you want to have about maximum position size of about 3% for one bond, then you need at least $8.3 million for the entire portfolio. So I think for the average investor, it's going to be a tough ask, but depending on your wants and needs, you could make a smaller size portfolio work for you. If you look at new advances and disruptions in the fixed income space, you can actually buy a fraction of a regular bond and customize your own highly diversified bond portfolio with a small investment capital outlay. For example, our Bond Express actually allows accredited investors or AIs to invest in bonds with only $5,000. Yeah, that's a good point. We really are seeing a lot of new fintechs coming out with ways of you know fractionalizing bonds or basically just making them more accessible. Um, and well, that brings me to my next point on accessibility. Which is easier, bonds or bond funds? Well, I believe there are two types of accessibility that bond funds offer. So firstly, like I mentioned earlier, 
I think almost anyone today can buy into any retail bond funds with just a thousand bucks. And in contrast, I think uh, what was mentioned earlier is that a full lot of bonds require a minimum sum of 250000 So you can see the big difference. The second type of accessibility that I believe investors get via bond fund is actually exposure to active portfolio management and to more niche markets. Take, for example, an Asian high bond fund, right? These bond funds don't just invest your capital in your usual uh, Evergrande bonds. Sometimes they could actually use uh, this capital and venture into less accessible areas like Indonesian or Indian credits for the additional yield pickup. So these bonds will actually be quite difficult to gain access to, even if you have the money. And I think ultimately, not everyone works in finance or has a good understanding of how a particular fixed income market works. So bond funds are really suited for those who are less savvy or have less time to monitor the investments on a daily basis. Okay, but on the contrary, I think it's not always necessary to over-diversify your bond portfolio. If you're looking to hold your bonds to maturity, especially for investment-grade bonds. For example, if you want stable cash flows of 2 to 3%, it should be fairly achievable with a few bonds. And if you're not looking for an active approach, like you can just buy maybe 10 bonds that give you coupon rates of 2 to 3%, then it'll be done. But if you're looking at a high yield portfolio, and by high yield, I mean high single digits and more than 10, 10 plus percent yields, it is safer to have higher diversification as there is higher default risk. So generally, the more risk you take on, then the more you should diversify. Okay, now the problem is that bonds are usually a high net worth product. So corporate bonds require more than $200,000, which makes diversification even more difficult. However, we have Bond Express, which makes life easier for AIs, allowing us to make bets on distressed bonds. So there are also retail bonds listed on the SGX, starting at a minimum of $1,000, all this helps to form a portfolio with a lot more bonds using smaller capital outlay. Okay, but what if an investor could afford a diversified portfolio of say 15 to 20 bonds? Will it be better than investing in a bond fund? I think if you are looking to actively manage your bonds portfolio, then you probably need more than 50 to 20 bonds. 15 to 20 bonds would mean an average size of maybe 5% per bond. So if a bond default, then you will be losing that amount of your capital. Unless you have very high conviction, you probably need more than 10 to 15 bonds in your portfolio. I think there is no better or worse, just whether you are comfortable with losing that percentage of your capital, especially if the bond defaults. For example, if you are investing in a bond that's trading at 70, you are looking at about 40 plus percent capital gains, excluding interest, versus a probable 70% loss with one bond. So of course, the probability of the bond defaulting might be very low, but then losing that much of your capital is still going to be painful. So to be able to continue this in the long term, you will need to have skill, capital, or diversification. Ideally, everything. Or you know, you can have a good research platform or advisor. So one real-life example is the NOL 2021 bonds, which went from 70 to 100. Another potential bond that can probably do that is the 361 degrees 2021 bonds, which is trading at about 80 plus with less than a year to maturity. One relatively safer bet is also the 2021 Hitton bond, which can give you maybe about 20% yield to maturity. With Bond Express, making such technical plays will also be much easier. And perhaps less painful. <laughs> okay, but on the other hand, investors who probably invest in bonds for the income, then investing in individual bonds will give a more stable cash flow 
as fund managers have different investment mandates to follow, which may not be exactly what people want. So investors have the flexibility of letting the bond mature if they invest in an individual bond. So this is actually sounding like bond funds are a much better investment choice for an investor who's just starting out. Um, what do you all think? I think for sure, given the low minimum investment amount and easy access in general, I would say that bond funds would be most suitable here. Because unlike equities, I think today there's still a lot of hurdles to clear when it comes to investing in individual bonds, right? And some of the hurdles include, like, for example, the availability of sell-side research, minimum outlay, and perhaps the liquidity of certain bonds. So I believe for someone who is just starting out, even if you have the money, I would suggest sticking to bond funds first because the learning curve is quite steep for individual bond investing. Well, unfortunately, I think I have to agree with that. Although, if we assume that investor is an AI, we should then level the playing field. I think that bonds have more benefits to bring to the table that we will talk about in part two. All right, thanks guys. I think these are some really great perspectives on bonds versus bond funds, especially in terms of diversification and accessibility. Um, so far, bond funds seem to be in the lead. Um, but in our second part of bonds versus bond funds, we're going to focus on some other factors which may be more important to investors who are keen on investing a larger amount into fixed income. Churin, are you uh, still confident of winning the debate? Uh, are you? Mm, I think we will see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. This part one of bonds versus bond funds was brought to you by Bond Supermart. I'm Sarah Chia, and our guest analysts with us today are Sean Tiao, Senior Unit Trust Analyst, and Tan Churin, Fixed Income Analyst from the Bond Supermarket team at IFAST Singapore. So make sure you look out for part two of our Bonds vs. Bond Funds coming to you soon. We're going to cover more complex factors when it comes to deciding which is the best fixed income instrument for you as an investor. Follow Bond Supermarket on Twitter, Facebook, and Telegram to get first-hand updates on new bond issues, credit updates, and special events. For bond information and articles, visit our website, bondsupermart.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye.